This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. I'm Guy Raz, and on NPR's How I Built This, how a simple splash of color accidentally launched Sandy Chilowich into a 40-year career as a designer, entrepreneur, and creator of the now-famous Chilowich placemat. Subscribe or listen now. From NPR Music, this is Alt-Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. They say there is strength in numbers, and our guests today prove that point. The Texicana Mamas are a supergroup of sorts. They are three powerful Latina indie artists who span generations and genres, but all with common roots in Texas. The Texicana Mamas are Patricia Von Rodriguez, Stephanie Urbina-Jones, and Tishi Nahosa. Patricia Von Rodriguez's music has been featured in films made by her brother, director Robert Rodriguez, and she adds actress and filmmaker to her resume. Stephanie Urbina-Jones' music is a powerful blend of commercial country music and what she calls Latina-rooted Americana. And Tish Hinojosa has been releasing albums since 1989, and her website describes her as a mix between Patty Griffin and Lydia Mendoza. And I've been a fan of hers since her first album, and I would wholeheartedly agree with that description. We recorded this interview back in January. They were going to release their first album together in the spring, but it was put on hold for obvious reasons. Their debut self-titled album was released a few weeks ago, and we're going to hear the rest of this track from the album. But first, let's meet the Texicana Mamas. Hi, I'm Tish Hinojosa. My name is Stephanie Urbina-Jones. And I'm Patricia Vaughn Rodriguez. This track is called Abundancy. Every moment is a living prayer. The music of life is everywhere. Butterflies are born and the tulips sing. Hallelujah, every spring. There are seeds of hope and silver linings. Darkness will give way to the sun shining. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here. So you guys are traveling as Texicana Mamas. Tell us a little bit about the idea 
and how it came together. Well, last year, uh, about a year and a few months, I was going to Nashville for the first time, actually. And I knew Stephanie. We're all from San Antonio. I knew she lived there. So I said, hey, man, girl, I'm coming up to Nashville. And it's uh, during Americana Fest. Do you have any singer-songwriter thing I could just be a part of? I can bring my castanets and, you know, just say, hey, I play Nashville, you know. As an indie artist, that was huge, you know. <laughs> and um, she, she got the Bluebird Cafe for us. And she said wow. it happens to be a Mexican Independence Day weekend. And they were wanting to do a Latin-based show, Latinas. She says, but... They need to know today, and we need one more Latina, or else it's not going to be ours. So I, I texted Tish, and she goes, I'm in. And she <laughs> saved it. She saved it. But the magic, the synergy that night of us telling our stories of where we came from and behind our songs, our music is very different. Like, you know, folk meets country meets flamenco meets rock and all-American rock and roll. And, you know, with Castilian and Mexican influences. And the passion And the passion it behind all. it all. And People were dancing. This is the sh club. You know, nobody talks to the bluebird because people bluebird. are listening. Right. Right. People were dancing on the tables oh and the pews <laughs> at the bluebird. <laughs> it was amazing. You had video to show for it. Video, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that... I was uh, fortunate to see you guys last night at the uh, Kennedy Center's fabulous show. So I think what we want to try to do is for uh, people who haven't seen the show yet, because they will, people will see this eventually, right? Mm -hmm. um, is we want to try to recreate that because what you did is you, you each had songs, you went through the line and you each played some of your songs, but you told stories about your background, you told stories about what it is to be in this country and in particular in Texas and in particular in San Antonio, the whole bicultural existence and reality that doesn't really exist anywhere else except in Texas. And I think that one of the things we want to do with the show is be able to explore that bicultural existence. Like you said, how you eat, how you dress, how you talk. I hear a lot of y'alls, you know, like it's from when I talk to people from Texas, right? So, Tish, let's start with you because uh, one of the things that stood out to me, I mean, I saw you at a journalism conference God, years ago, maybe in the early 90s. It was in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah, you performed, I forget what, maybe it was San Antonio even. It was San Antonio. Yeah. It was. Oh, it's all coming back. It's now. all coming back to me. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you got started and what you were playing in your earliest days. Mm -hmm. At that time, I, I had just gotten signed to A&M Records and I was finally, after you know, 10 or 15 years of pursuing music in a serious way, finally got record deal and all that kind of stuff so things were finally going for me going well for me and uh, one of my most important messages that I wanted to take with me was to take my culture everywhere I go and so I really focused on bilingual songwriting and writing stories about people Mexican-American experience like my parents you know for instance their story called The West Side of Town was one of my first songs released and uh, so it was, yeah, so my journey was, was that. I mean, I had experienced Nashville and um, hadn't had such a great experience there. I mean, I have a, a lot to remember in, the, in a good way, but I learned a lot, I'll have to say. Mm -hmm. But I kind of figured that that was not the direction I wanted to go at that time because they wanted to kind of reform me to be something else. And I kind of stuck to my guns and said, well, I, I want to be a singer-songwriter. I don't want to just be a singer that you find songwriters to find clever lyrics for. Sure. You know? So, um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, I mean, I'm glad I stuck to my guns and, and things kind of went that way because I took a big gamble <laughs> to do that. But um, yeah, it was quite an amazing time just because of um, opening doors and doors being opened for me and people in the Latino community everywhere um, in the United States mm-hmm. were, you know, suddenly telling me, hey, you're telling our story. And to me, that was like, wow, that's so cool because this is my story. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that, that was my experience during that in that early those early days. And I think it's important to know to put it some into some historical context. I mean, while we have artists now, uh, and in particular, I'm thinking of Carrie Rodriguez, who's also from San Antonio. Right. You know, the, like back then, you were you were a trailblazer. You were a pioneer because there was Mexican music, and then there was folk, and then there was country music, right? And mm-hmm. they were all separate. They were all different bins at the record store. Right. right? And what really stood out to me in your uh, early albums like that is like, oh, my God, that's all three there's all of these different cultures and all these different sounds and influences coming out in your music at the same time, and you we like I said we hear it now, but back then like you were like you were out there all alone, and I can't imagine how difficult it was to try to create if you weren't in, like do I put do I belong here do I belong here do I belong here, especially with the music industry they always want to put people mm-hmm. into specific places and. I've always wanted to give you props and, and, and thank you for being a trailblazer like that. I still have those albums, man. Well, thank you. No, I'm glad it worked out. I mean, there were frustrating times and all that, you know, in, in not feeling quite understood. But mm-hmm. I think just naturally doing what I do and then people kind of just get it, you mm-hmm. know, they, they get it. And it's, it's good. I try to not lean too, too heavy on the, you know, Chicano power. Right. Which I mean, I do believe in it, but at the same time, I I, I also believe in you know Pete Seeger and folk music sure. and and his way of of making you know putting a message across through through lyrics, telling the story of the farm workers and like my song Something in the Rain. Right. So, you know, I think I think storytelling, in which all three of us are very good at. I mean, we love telling our stories, and I think the storytelling element of our of our all three of our music is what kind of ties us together too, and also to our community. The whole idea of that it is a bicultural existence here in the United States. You know, we listen to corridos, we listen to the Rolling Stones. Well, of course we yeah. do, and yeah. yeah, and I'm so glad to have my my sisters here who yeah. have <laughs> come up a little bit behind me. I'm I'm their big sister, almost mom, Let's but but I love I love you know how they how their stories have come about too. This is a perfect spot to play this track, "Amigas del Corazón" from the Texacana Mom.
So, Stephanie yeah, Urbina-Jones, let's yes. talk about your background and, and how you got started in the music and what leads you to this point where you're joining forces like this. Well, I uh, was born in San Antonio, like Tish and Patricia, and uh, from the backyards of the West Side, where mariachi influenced my heart and country music. I also then grew up in the honky-tonks of Texas in the hill country. And really, I think the most important starting place besides being a huge fan, I really was. I was a huge fan. I had so much respect for Tish uh, because she was the trailblazer. You know, she was on the Corona trucks on 6th Street. And <laughs> between her and Linda Ronstadt, I was right. like, wow, is there a place for us? Is there a place for us in American music? Um, my abuelita was passing from this world to the next. And by this time, I was in Nashville writing songs, a staff writer for Sony. And I flew to be her by her bedside, and she was walking between the worlds. She was talking to my grandfather and her great, her father, Manuel, who'd come across the border. And she was talking to me on this side. And she took my hand at this point, and she says, Mija, she says, you're going to be a mensaje. You're going to be a messenger. She says, you're going to be carrying country music with chili peppers all over the world. (laughs) (laughs) And unlike Tish and Patricia, I didn't grow up so much in the culture, you know? Mm -hmm. I'd been been held from me, except for when I was really little. And I said, Grandma, I can't. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't even speak the language fully. And she says, Mija, you're going to do this. And so she put a mission on my heart, and that was almost 20 years ago. And I went to Mexico and started saturating myself and fell in love with our culture. And my heart just became on fire for sharing it in every way that I could, and especially in music and in songs. And so here I am, six albums later, and um, my music, uh, as a solo artist, is called Honky Tonk Mariachi, <laughs> uh, singing country music with chili peppers with mariachi. Just like Abuelita said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just like Abuelita yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, Patricia. Yes. Let's. All right, man. You know, I'm one of ten children. I went to the same high school as Tish. We went to Providence High School. Um, five girls, five boys in my family. My mother, when she was growing up, she was forbidden to speak Spanish, you know, and uh, they would, you know, get whacked on the hands that they even tried. So um, when we were growing up, the way she taught us Spanish, you know, our second language was through music, the mariachis, you know, Mexican folk songs. It was very important to her uh, to teach us in that way. Um, And my dad was a traveling salesman, 39 years, selling pots and pans door to door. My mom was a psychiatric nurse that worked at night in order to be home when we got home from school. So they sacrificed everything. And watching their work ethic really instilled in us 10 children that work ethic. You know, the mariachis, they would invite the mariachi trio or quartet to our home Hmm. for any kind of celebration. So can you imagine all of us children growing up with them live performing in our living room in front of us. And how could that not be like a spirit of the heart and just like inspire you to go for the arts, you know? And so my, one of my brothers, my older brother, Robert Rodriguez made El Mariachi. He's the writer and director of the film Mariachi. What kind of throws people off is I use my middle name, which is because when I moved to New York in 1990, in order to find work, they wouldn't hire me as Rodriguez. I walked in and I looked 
French or Italian, they would say, you would go, what are you, Greek, Italian, French? I go, so my, I use my middle name, Patricia Vaughn. It's Patricia Vaughn Gracia Rodriguez. I say, hey, man, just pick one. Just hire me. You want French, Italian, can speak a little bit of each. So now, you know, when i on stage or, you know, when my brother casts me in a movie, I go, use my whole name, Patricia Vaughn Rodriguez. Oh, awesome. And he said, he, he feels that, he says, I make these movies for Latinos to hire Latinos so they don't have to change their name. Mm-hmm. And I'm up there like a beacon. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel inspired to tell stories. And one of the s- inspiring stories is that you yesterday gave us a shot to be here on your amazing show. Oh, thank you. So gracias. Yeah. Viva oh, la raza. <laughs> Viva la raza. Of course. Some of the best storytelling happens in kitchens. This is called Cocina de Amor.
Why, complete with roosters, cocina de amor from the Texicana Mamas. You're listening to Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras, and I'm talking to the group Texicana Mamas. Now back to an interview we recorded back in January during the band's visit to Washington, D.C. Since we've talked about the, the personal and the, and the cultural backgrounds, let's each talk about at what point did you know that you wanted to be a musician? Mm-hmm. Okay? Because it's not an easy path, obviously. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of reward. But there's probably even more sacrifice. And that's the part that people don't see. Mm-hmm. At what point, Tish, did you say, you know what, I'm going to be a musician. This is This is my path. For me, well, I mean, it was um, my aha moment was when I was about 10 years old and Linda Ronstadt's song, Different Drummer, came on the radio and her voice just captivated me and, and the song, too. I love, you know, I love pop, th- that era right. of pop music. And uh, so, yeah, I, I became, you know, I couldn't say her last name. I wasn't sure what her last, but I'd call the radio station up and request that song over and over again. Oh, my again. gosh. Wow. And I, I realized that that's, that I love, that music touched me. And um, I'm the youngest in my family of, of 13 kids. Wow. And, um, yeah, my older sisters played music, and I was impressed by, you know, one sings opera and, you know, beautiful. Um, she's a piano player and, you know, everything. But... As a five-year-old, I loved, you know, she was my idol. But then when Linda Ronstadt came along, like 1967, I said, <laughs> oh, this is it. This is what I want to do. And at the time, um, we didn't know that she was Latina. We didn't know that she had uh, Mexican uh, heritage, right? Correct. Right. I found out soon after because I, I followed her career a lot, and mm-hmm. I realized that, yeah, she was Mexican-American. I thought mm-hmm. that made me like her even more. Right. And then Joan Baez, of course, be, once I started playing guitar and singing, then the whole folk music thing came about two or three years later. And then I was so happy to know that Joan Baez was also Mexican-American. Right. <laughs> so I was like, wow, these are my heroes. So, so like, <clears throat> what years are we talking about? Because that would also put us into the context of what other kind of music was happening well, I think I don't the, want to if you, not to get into your age or anything, no, no, no. you know. But it's just I just the want to put era, it in context. That that era of music, I was I was in you know I was born in fifty five, so in nineteen sixty seven, I was what about twelve or thirteen. Sure. Yeah. And uh, actually, so that's when I that's when I heard different drum. I was I wasn't ten. I was twelve. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, the 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 music of that time was just it was folk music was pop music at that time. And that's what I, all those songs and the songwriters like Paul Simon and, you know, the songs that were playing, you know, Bridge Over Troubled Waters and, you know, everything that was going on in the country and the unrest and the movements that were going on mm-hmm. with um, with civil rights and the Mexican-Americans were rising too, the brown power. And, right. you know, there was, a, it was a very, very, for, for as a kid, I'm, I guess it surprises me a little bit that I was so aware of the cultural things that were going on in the country. You know, a lot of times kids don't pay attention to that, right. but I was I was very aware, and that was something that also so it was woven into the music of that time. You know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and I didn't know I wanted to be a songwriter. I didn't know that I was capable of being a songwriter because I thought songwriters were Paul Simon or Bob Dylan, like you're inspired by God or something. Like you know when you're a songwriter, but it I didn't start writing songs until uh, like the mid '80s when I moved to Nashville, and I saw. I was sitting around with songwriters, and I was going, well, they're not very different than me. I'm going to give this a try. And I started, you know, penning my own simple country songs, and I thought, hey, I can do this. Wow. 
And that's kind of where that's. And before I knew it, I was just writing like crazy. It was just like I opened a channel up there, and it all came pouring out. What did uh, you said? You're the youngest of thirteen. What did the rest of your family think? They always thought I was kind of an oddball because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of different than my sisters and my brothers. Um, yeah, because they're they're all very normal, you know, regular people with regular jobs, <laughs> and. <laughs> And I always was a little bit different. And I started entering, like, talent contests on my own. Like, no one in my family was pushing me. It was like, me, I'd say, hey, there's going to be a Parks and Recreations talent show. I'm going to go, you know, sing, you know, would, will, will you love me tomorrow? Wow. <laughs> or something. And right. So, yeah. And it was, you know, I don't know why I was driven to do that. Because I wasn't really, like, a super outgoing person or anything. But it was just something that... I loved singing and I wanted to share it, I guess. But, and it was scary. I mean, it was like people say, like, why do you do that? Because, you know, I'd have sweaty palms and I'd be so like nervous and, you know, going crazy and like, like why am I doing this to myself? But anytime I'd get in front of an audience, I just felt immediately comfortable. And my family actually was my first audience and, and they're, they're pretty tough, you know. <laughs> Your family's imagine. always a tough audience. I can imagine. <laughs> like, they'd say, oh, Tish, sing for us. So I'd get my guitar and start singing. Then everybody starts talking. I'm going, well, y'all going to talk or are you going to listen? <laughs> you know? So it kind, of, it kind of gave me thick skin for playing clubs and stuff like that oh, when I was funny. young. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> this is one of my favorite Tish Hinojosa songs. This is Amanecer from her album Taos to Tennessee. Amanecer. Sueño inquieto se va Entre tinieblas de ayer Despiertas, ves la mañana nacer Aquel amor Lejos de ti estará 
Okay, Stephanie, when did you get that aha moment? I feel like there were kind of cosmic breadcrumbs along the way. Oh, that's you know? a good one. There you go. Yeah. You know, when I was four, I can, I still can remember the feeling of seeing this now, where we are. I could see, have that experience of being on a stage in this communion that happens between an artist and, and an audience back and forth. Um, but it scared me, and I kind of pushed it down for a long time because again like Tish I just that didn't seem realistic you know but but that which was in me just kept chasing me I think and um, a couple of things I got, I got to Nashville and um, I wrote my first song called One in a Million and I got a gig at the Bluebird actually Aww. I got to sing and I remember my boyfriend at the time was a song plugger in Nashville and he was very critical guy. And at the end of it, he paused and he said, you have it. I'm like, well, I have what? He said, you have it, you have that thing. And it, that meant a lot to me and I kind of moved forward on that. And of course then my abuelita died and she put the mission on my heart. And then soon, soon after that, I wrote this song called Adios Mis Amigos, which we perform. And I wrote it and my dad ran into some mariachis down in the, in the Mercado in San Antonio and I was in Nashville and he says, Mia, I know you love mariachis, you, you got to come meet these guys. They're like young mariachi and they're doing all these innovative things. And so we set up an appointment and we went to San Antonio and we were rehearsing in the Mexican American Unity Council. And um, the head of the council came down while we were rehearsing this song. And she said, on this day, she said, Henry B. Gonzalez just passed our icon. Henry B. Gonzalez was a, a legendary and iconic uh, congressman. congressman from San Antonio. That's right. Representing, yeah. And so she said, he just passed and we're going to create a tribute for him. Do you have a song that y'all could do? And I said, well, we're playing this song called Adios Mi Amigo that I wrote. And we played it for her, and she cried, and she said, could you go record it this week, and we could have it for the tribute? And so we did, and we we performed it, and people said, oh my God, it's like Patsy Cline, Mariachi. And that song became the first song from my first album. So I feel like those were the kind of the cosmic breadcrumbs that kind of led the way. And of course, it's how the Texacana Mamas we we end our set. Um, but it's it is it's 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 the cultural combination that I mean I am a songwriter first. I love writing songs. I love that communion that happens. Um, but it really is through being an artist. It is it is in celebrating our culture and bringing that passion, that love um, that happens, you know, from from our culture. That's what really turns me on as an artist. There's a season for hello And a season for goodbye That's the way the world goes around On this wheel of life Adios, 
Adios, mi amigo, from Stephanie Urbina-Jones. You're listening to Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras, and we're talking to the group Texicana Mamas about their new self-titled album. And we're going to hear now from Patricia Von Rodriguez about what got her interested in being a musician. First of all, I was a very shy girl. I think that I didn't start talking until I was almost four. And uh, being one of 10 children, I felt very comfortable singing with my family. We were like the Mexican Von Trapp family singers. <laughs> and my mama teaching us all those amazing songs. I was like, ah. Oh. But if I was, you know, I remember her dropping me off at kindergarten and having to leave me there. And I felt so abandoned. I was like, <gasps> I didn't even answer to roll call. I just hid. And um, so for me to be a singer on stage and screaming my heritage out loud and Viva la Patria, oh, you know, yeah. and an activist and like, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> Music, and which is why I think education, music, and the arts will save the world. It brings something out of people that they don't normally know is there. Everyone is an artist in their heart. They probably just don't know it yet. But my first impetus was watching Johnny Reno and the Sax Maniacs in from Fort Worth, Texas, and um, 
on stage so uninhibited with a saxophone climbing on the bar on my table. I was like in my teens, 14. My dad brought me and my brother Robert to go see him. And that changed my life. I was like, gosh. And I inside me, I was like, man, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could be so uninhibited. Why am I so shy? But the, the uh, And then the Crusados from East L.A., who hit right when Los Lobos were hitting and they they are now Tito and Tarantula who scored many of my brother's films. Right. They were my they, they had a, a Spanish song on their album but they were Mexican rockers. They Chicano were, rock. Yeah. It was a part <laughs> it was of the like, punk scene. <laughs> right, yeah. part of the punk scene and so I I love to rock out, you right. know. Yeah. Uh, but they put their thumbprint <laughs> thumbprint of that español, you know. Flor de Mal, and it just <gasps> again right? it's like <gasps> yeah. and it's like they are our voice. And then the this is the one that really hit me that way. I, I can do that was watching Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in my hometown, but with Lone Justice opening, and it was fronted by Marie McKee. Correct. Screaming it out of the stratosphere, wielding them around that acoustic guitar and a gingham dress with heels, <laughs> yeah, <right>. and owning it. <laughs> owning that stage like Johnny Reno, and owning it. And I was like, when I saw her, I went, I can do that. I want to do that. So then I moved to New York because, funny enough, being a shy girl, I was like, oh, I can't do it in San Antonio. Everybody will know me. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, you're going to have to accomplish things in secret. My sister lived in New York after college. That She's the firstborn, the trailblazer for all us kids. And she said, you come on up here. And so I did. And uh, that's where I started my band. And we're going there today, later today, to New York to perform. So I'm going back to my stomping grounds. That's I lived awesome. there for 11 years, started my band there with transplanted Texans. And we, I had a following as Patricia Vaughn, V-O-N-N-E. And, you know, they followed me. And so seven albums later. But I have to say it was the combination, like you said. It was a bit of the mariachi and then the cruzados from East L.A. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, on my newest album, I wrote a song with Stephen Medina Hufstetter, the lead guitarist of the cruzados. Wow. And Tito is a, like a family member. He, he has sung on my album. So And Johnny, we co-wrote a lot of songs together. And he's in my music videos. And <laughs> it's like, like family members now. Yeah. Familia. Okay, this is Patricia Von Rodriguez rocking out and owning the stage. This is City is Alive from her 2015 album called Top of the Mountain.
Ladies, I'm, I'm just so honored that you guys came in to do this today. Thank you, so thank, you. Yes. thank you so much. This is such a big deal. Thank you so much. And promise to come back. Yes. We'll okay. This again. Okay. Even if we, <laughs> maybe I'll go to San Antonio next time. Please. Yes. We'll float down the, the yeah. river in the Guadalupe. Let's do a show from the river walk. Yeah. Okay. Tishi Nohosa, Stephanie Urbina-Jones. Patricia Vaughn, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank Gracias. you so much. My thanks again to the Texicana Mamas. Their new self-titled album came out just a few weeks ago, so check it out. You have been listening to All Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras. As always, Thanks so much for listening and please, please be careful out there. Me acompaña cuando canto mi canción. Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardiente es lo mejor. También el tequila blanco con su sal de asador. Ay, 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 mi amor. Ay, mi moreno de mi corazón. Ay, 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 mi amor. Ay, mi moreno de mi corazón. Me gusta cantar el sol, mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción. Me gusta tomar mis compas, aguardiente es lo mejor. Llamen el tequila blanco con su sal de sabor. Ay, 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 mi amor. On this week's Wild Card, we talk with Issa Rae about those moments where our lives could have gone another direction. Definitely wasn't supposed to be with that guy at all. At all. But I still think about it. I'm Rachel Martin. Issa Rae tells us how to make peace with the path not taken. That's on the Wild Card podcast from NPR, the game where cards control the conversation. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. 
There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. Drake and Kendrick Lamar have been lobbing some serious accusations at each other. You've probably heard the diss tracks and wondered, what's just a low blow and what's actually criminal? I'm Brittany Luce, host of It's Been a Minute from NPR, and I'm getting into what's art and what's worthy of criminal investigation and who those accusations hurt the most on It's Been a Minute from NPR.